1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. Yet among the mature we do not impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand these things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. There is nothing more crazy in this life than encountering Jesus. It's like nothing I've ever experienced in this life. And I made it my aim for years to live my life as an adventure, resulting in a lot of cool stories and pictures that ultimately faded away and became nothing but a distant memory. But with Jesus, there have been those moments when he spoke directly to me or through an unsuspecting person or his word that just made my jaw drop. And this is what the supernatural encounters with Jesus are like. They blow the minds of those who are part of the encounter, and they really scare someone who doesn't want to take their Bible serious. And I've shared a few of these experiences on previous episodes, but now I want to encourage all believers who know they have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them to seek those things Paul is speaking of to those believers in that crazy, immoral city of ancient Corinth. And that is to come to a place of surrender to the Lord and listen carefully for the instruction of the Holy Spirit. Also, getting into the Word and becoming familiar with the stories, the doctrines, the controversies, the promises, and more. All these things help us discern the will of God and recognize His voice when He speaks to us. In the book of Revelation, Jesus pens seven short letters or epistles to seven churches in chapter 2 and 3. And these churches were up and running when the Apostle John actually penned this book under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And in each of these seven letters, Jesus concludes with the words, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And what does that mean? Ears to hear. Most people can hear from their ears. But in the scriptures, we see a perception that is likened to hearing. It's hearing through our spirit. In my experiences, when I've heard from the Lord, the information that comes to me is similar to that when I hear something. My attention is drawn to it. I receive the sound. I process it and attempt to understand it. But also, like when my wife is talking to me, it can go in one ear and out the other. And I can do the same thing to God. And I have to admit that I do this with God. I know he's saying something to me. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. People in our world, for the most part, ignore God's voice. And it's always been that way, and it's well documented in the Old Testament, like in Ezekiel 12 too, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house who have eyes to see, but see not, who have ears to hear, but hear not, for they are a rebellious house. 
And we owe a lot to the Jews, as they have revealed to us the promises of God, and their history shows that God keeps his promises. And most of their history that we have in the Old Testament is stained with their rebellion and God's continual reaching out to them through his prophets and his word. And as they obeyed, they were blessed, as he promised. When they rebelled, they experienced the correction of God in a number of different ways. If they heeded the correction and got back on track, they would be blessed. If they continued in the rebellion, the Lord would turn up the heat and ultimately judge them. And this occurred over and over in the Old Testament. And the book of Judges is all about this cycle of generation after generation forgetting God and doing what was right in their own eyes. And they just brought about grief into their own world. And the church has followed suit. God has sent his faithful servants to warn generation after generation to turn from their sin. But so few churches across this world take God serious, teach his word, and actually listen for the voice of God to make their paths straight. And that leaves many good people disillusioned and ignorant of the truth and reeling back and forth trying to find that peace of God that is right there in front of their blinded eyes and deafened ears. So let's look at a few basic things that really aid us in hearing from the Lord and discerning his word and his will. And I'm going to camp out in 1 Corinthians because this church was so screwed up, Paul had to really lay down a lot of basic instruction to them. And we can learn a lot from his instruction to the believers in Corinth. 1 Corinthians 3.16, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? So being a follower of Jesus requires his Holy Spirit to dwell in us. If the Holy Spirit is absent, then simply believe, ask in faith, and receive. And believing God means that we're going to do what he says and do what his word says. 1 Corinthians 3.18, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. So understanding in the natural realm, we know very little about the spiritual realm. So thinking we know more than we do only sets us up for an embarrassing failure in the spiritual side of things. 1 Corinthians 4.16, I urge you then, be imitators of me. The Apostle Paul was a dynamic force of godliness, faithfulness, and sacrifice, and he set the bar through his suffering and perseverance for the gospel. And in Corinth, they knew Paul personally after he taught there extensively. So they understood him much better than perhaps we can, but still, we know enough about Paul to put in practice in our lives the things that we read about in his life. 1 Corinthians 5.1, it is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that is not tolerated even among the pagans, for a man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from you. So one of the things this church experienced in Corinth was a guy that was shacked up with his stepmom. And the city of Corinth was a raunchy city, but Paul here says that even the pagans won't tolerate that. So he rebukes them for their arrogance in accepting this. And likewise in the church, we can tolerate behavior that is wicked, quote-unquote, in the name of love, and not make a stand. And this is just as wicked as the offense that is refused to be dealt with. So in our own lives, if we've got wickedness, we need to deal with it, and we need to get rid of it. We remove our sin far from us, and we mourn for our own unrighteousness. This is healthy. And even though giving sin the boot can be difficult, it demonstrates that we are surrendered to God and His will for our lives. 1 Corinthians 5.11 But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, a reviler, or a partier, a drunkard, or a swindler not even to eat with such a one. We are supposed to be a light in this dark world. So associating with worldly people that are wicked so they can see the love of God through us, that's expected. We're supposed to be a light. We're supposed to get out and love this dark world. But for those who call themselves brothers and sisters in Christ and practice wickedness, we're to have nothing to do with them because they are liars. And until they choose what side of the fence they're on, we have nothing to do with them. 
And I don't believe this means that we don't pray for them or help them through their struggles if they're really trying to get it right. Rather, this is the person that cares nothing for God or his word and just basically says, I'm a Christian and they're a liar. 1 Corinthians six seventeen. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. The same Greek word for joined is used in Luke chapter 10, verse 10, where it says, But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings or is joined to our feet wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. So in Luke 10, when you're talking about dust clinging to your feet, that's the kind of relationship we're supposed to have with the Lord. We're supposed to cling to him. The dust doesn't fall off. They have to wipe it off. So we can see the idea there is that we're stuck to him. We're joined to him. That helps us greatly in discerning the voice of God when we are so close to him. 1 Corinthians 8.12, thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their consciousness when it is weak, you sin against Christ. So hurting other believers who are weak in their faith really irritates the Lord. And when we irritate the Lord, we separate ourselves from him. That messes up our relationship for him. It makes it much harder to discern his voice. So be careful when we're dealing with believers who are weak in their faith. And a lot of people are. They're just either immature or they don't believe or they're, they've been hurt so many times in life that they just don't have a lot of strength. We're to be gentle with them. 1 Corinthians 9.24, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. So continuing to live in Christ in the same way that one runs a race to win, we never give up, we train, we get educated in the Word to better understand this insane race that we're running, and we run to win. Knowing what the Scriptures say about the spiritual gifts is huge. If we truly want the Lord to move through us in a way we know it is not from our own ability, rather his power, then get educated on this topic. On the website, I have a basic series on the gifts of the Spirit. Check it out. Ask the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Have some elders gather around you and pray for you if you've never experienced that before. Read Acts chapter 2, chapter 8, and chapter 19. As you read the Word and you become familiar with the spiritual gifts, do not deviate from God's Word. A lot of people are claiming that their spiritual gifts, quote-unquote, are legit, but they defy the Word. They're all out of whack. So be careful and ensure that being joined together with Jesus is the priority. That's our first priority. Then dedicate time every day to pray and wait upon the Lord. He will answer. And as that relationship grows, you will discern the voice of God and you will hear Him more clearly. Thank you.